Well, yes. I mean, right? Because yeah, he had course. that. He had that mane. He was known for his hair. Yeah, and then it just went away, and he went away, and then he yeah. came back. And then he was like, "Where is the spear, Doctor Jones?" <laughs> <laughs> and this part, I'll leave in the cold open because I won't say who we were talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Saga. Today, we will be taking it easy. I'm fighting the vid, so we're going to go super duper easy on this one. So we'll kind of talk about this, we'll talk about that and the other. You know, our standard shenanigans. But we will also be taking a look at the career of the incomparable George Perez, who passed away, you know, unfortunately, fittingly enough, on Free Comic Book Day. We'll talk about his work, what he meant to us, and more importantly, to the industry. We are calling this episode, The World Needs to Chill Cast. I'm John, surprised that I'm behind the mic at all, and I am joined by Forrest, who is probably happy we remote record these shows. <laughs> How you doing, Forrest? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm especially uh, glad the today, but I mean, in a normal circumstance, it would be very cool, but today... Yes, I don't want to be exposed to the vid more than I already have been. Yeah, like, um, I don't recommend it. Yeah, that's there you uh, go. that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's I've heard. Not, not great. Yeah, like, you know, sometimes it's the trendy thing to do. And, um, you know, joke's on me for walk, walking into a bar that kind of looked like it was out of the movie Blade. Yeah. <laughs> So and you saw those, like, you saw those, like, that rack, that double-decker rack of corpses wheel by, and you were, that did not phase you. No, because I thought, they for sure have to have, like, uh, ventilation. 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 And I think all they had was just, um, I don't know, COVID airways. I don't know. Well, but, I think when, the mistake was staying for the blood shower. You know... On hindsight, it was because I was wearing the wrong color. I decided to put on a little, you know, yellow mustard color fit, and the red just completely clashed. I should have definitely left before then, especially when they were grabbing at my neck. Yeah. I think the the thing that I thought was, like, really kind of ironic and funny is that, Mm. you know, after you ran out of there, you realized they were just practicing for a cat's revival. So all that hissing and sort of going at you is just, you know, they were just doing, uh, you know, uh, motion work for uh, for the cat's revival. Yeah. And, the, you know, the worst part? Mm. No David Bowie cat and no uh. magical Mr. Mistopheles. We just got, like, old cat, rum, tummy, tum, tum, or whatever. 
Oh, is that uh, one of them? <laughs> I don't know. I think it might be, or I, my brain might be cooking a little bit, so I just might be mixing like you know, uh, an old commercial with uh, a kid I used to know, and like a Godier song. Wow! So a kid you used to know, and something, someone that you used to know. Yes. Somebody you used to know? Yeah. I don't know the actual name of that song. I'm pretty sure you just said it. Okay. Like, if this was that, like, name that tune, I think they would have given it to you on a judges? technicality. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, all right, he got it. It's somebody that you used to know. <laughs> yeah. okay. Close enough. Yeah. Whatever, man. All I yeah. know is that everyone's freaking out over that video, and I didn't get it. Yeah, wait, there was a video? Of course there was. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, do they still make music videos nowadays? So, yes, I mean, I, that was ages ago, that video. But Was uh, it? Yeah, but they just put them out on YouTube and stuff. That's the only difference. Oh, they don't? So is MTV completely sans music video? Well, of course, they removed the music television part of their logo. Oh, did they take the, I, I don't literally travel in the cable realm well I mean, like if i did if it's like food network yeah and that's fine like tbs so i mean it's pretty obvious you don't i mean like all this stuff that i'm talking about happened like <laughs> six years ago or something like that oh man what? yeah well i mean that's the thing that's the joke everyone likes to make <laughs> mtv doesn't play music videos anymore it's so, old, nice joke, boomer, is what I have to say. <laughs> so, wait, so you telling me, wait, 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 just make sure, just make sure that we're, uh-huh. that probably the last time I watched MTV was probably the last time they played a music video. Because oh, yeah. I remember it was like a 50 50 split. It'd be like, we're going to show you what the real world isn't with the real world. But then sometimes, you know, you'd see like someone on a yacht singing about something. Sure. I mean, I remember in Beavis and Butthead, uh, speaking of boomers, <laughs> I remember <laughs> Beavis, Beavis and Butthead, uh, they had, like, had to play music videos during the cartoon. Like, there had to be a segment in the cartoon that played music videos. It's literally like, well, there's just too much cartoon here. Where's the music video part? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, now they don't do it anymore, and I say, fine. We all need more of that. Trashy reality TV, people getting drunk, people getting mad at each other. You know, the way you say it means I'm going to start putting MTV on my rotation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. check it out. They might have some cool stuff up there. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't, I have, I have, I cut the cable cord many years ago and have never looked back. But you seem to know an awful lot about it. Well, I mean, I guess I know an awful lot about, like, what was like six years ago when I stopped watching cable. <laughs> so. More recent than me, sir. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's, That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. All yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Well, as you mentioned in the intro, John, this is for you, George Perez. Okay. I, I certainly hope this is better than the last one you got. If oh yeah. So I didn't make it. I did not make. You know, the mistake I, I made on uh, the Neil Adams podcast or episode. I I have tasted this one before, and I know it's good. And it's uh, 
It's the Rogue Dreamland American Lager. And it is that. It is such a good American Lager. Because sometimes you just want a beer that tastes like, what if Budweiser were good? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or like, I don't know about you, but like, especially when I was younger and, you know, beer was more of an aspirational thing, not a, an actuality uh, for me. I, the, the beer that always seemed the most delicious for me was Coors. Yeah, yeah, because it had that fucking, uh, the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. And then it was like, they kept talking about how cold it was, and that sounded refreshing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, just like the, the cold, the cool, the cool uh, spring water from the Rockies. And you're like, God, that must so, taste so good. It's got to be refreshing, you know, like. And Budweiser's just like, oh, that's got to taste like, like stale horse piss. Yeah, like who wants who, who wants a beer made by Clydesdales? I mean, they're gorgeous horses and all, but what do they know about brewing? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna take that back because when I was a kid, Spuds McKenzie, there was no one cooler. Man, they really were. They really shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just like, oh man, Budweiser's so cool. I want to be friends with that dog, and of course, get drunk on a lot of beer. Yeah, but the beer was never like. That would never appeal to me. Like, he was a cool dog, and I'm sure he had great adventures and shit. But, you know, like, when I thought about cool, it was fucking Mr. Joe Camel himself. Joe Cool. Yeah, right? he was cool as hell, too. He, he had like sunglasses. A... I, like, I remember distinctly an image of Joe Camel where he looked exactly like Miami Vice, like a guy from Miami Vice, like yeah, Don yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and he had like the rolled up sleeves and everything, and he had like the mirror shades, and I was like, that is the coolest anthropomorphic camel I've ever seen. Who knew I wanted to be Joe Cool growing up? Like, there's one I remember, he was dressed like James Bond. That pimp tuxedo, a little ruffled shirt, a little, little uh, bow tie, and you're just like, He's so debonair, and, you know, and he looks so relaxed too. Just smoking on that, you know, cigarette. Maybe I <laughs> should get one so of those cool. too. <laughs> so, yeah, then they had like funny money. Like you would buy, like they had those camel bucks you would get, and you would be able to exchange that for goods in a catalog. I was all about that. I was like, oh my god, how can I get my hands on some of these camel bucks? I like, need I'll, that hat. I need to go smoking. <laughs> What if I got this inflatable camel? <laughs> this inflatable camel. I, I don't have a pool, but I mean, it would have an inflatable camel. Well, I wanted the damn beer cozy. And sure. I was listening the whole time. I was like, I have no beer to put in it. But I, I, maybe it can hold a soda. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. It probably is better that they can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, like, I mean, I never, I never got into smoking, but man, did it make an impression on me as a kid? Like both those characters, I thought were just cool as hell. They were up there with the California raisins and the Noid. Uh, now, see, the Noid truly was annoying. So, yeah, fuck the Noid. He, just, he did, he did ruin pizza. Uh, I, I mean, it's that is true, but I remember, mm-hmm. like, I loved. Like, I love that claymation, obviously, because even though looking back, you're like, Ugh. <laughs> it's a real, it's it's a real kind of off-putting look. But I I just love the fact that it was clay animated. And I remember when they were doing advertisements for the SNES game, 
and there was like a green noid uh in there mm-hmm. as either the villain or the second player i don't really know but i was just fucking fascinated with the fact that there was another noid I'm like how deep does this rabbit hole go Show me the Noid universe. <laughs> You're like, I like that Noid lore. Yeah, it's really deep. You just gotta. You just. Uh, the problem is you gotta look for it. I'm a real just, Noid nerd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was very much into that. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a fake mockumentary about the California Raisins, like how they came together to become a, a band. And it was like it was sort of styled after like the Beatles documentary, like their original drummer in the California Raisins was an orange. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, I remember like they changed the, the the design slightly, I think. So there was like kind of longer raisins and stubbier raisins. And I was like, oh my God, this raisins verse. Let me end the raisins verse. I want to hear through the grapevine what you're singing about. <laughs> You know, this, this lore's pretty deep, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, you know, Marvin Gaye kind of knew what was up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what if they crossed over? <laughs> the the Noidiverse and the <laughs> California Racesverse. Oh, no. That that truly is like an annoyed I heard it through the grapevine that you've been destroying pizzas all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what's annoyed? Didn't he just annoyed? Just make? I think he made little shitty noises. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like yeah, I don't remember. A, I don't remember he was him. A little piece of shit. Yeah, because of me, they were on pizzas. He were on pizzas. Yeah. Now, like the only thing I remember about the California raisins. Outside of the fact that it is quite questionably how racist they are. Um, <laughs> so bad. It's like... In hindsight. It's, bruh, it's not good. Bruh. Like, so there, there was a, a, a Mortimer on the West Coast, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. just was like, okay, I got an idea. We're going <laughs> to take raisins, right? And we're going to make them sing. Hey, I heard it through the grapevine because that's where raisins come from after they fall off and dry out. But we're going to stylize them a little bit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And then they just went with it for fucking years. And, uh, you know, but outside of the questionableness, whatever, you know, whatever. Raisins are delicious. I mean, I don't know. California raisins are delicious. I'll put it out there. They I just remember the creepy old dude. Oh, what the fuck did you just <laughs> send me? This is the, this is what I'm talking about of the California raisins movie. It, it literally has like, they changed instead of all being like one raisin design. They gave them all distinct body shapes and haircuts. I mean, like two of them look like a nutsack. One <laughs> looks like a raisin, and the other looks like a boogie. You are being so generous by saying only two of them look like a nutsack. Well, if the other two that I'm thinking of also look like nutsacks, go see a doctor. I mean, it's just a people of different ages, you know what I mean? There's different levels of tautness here. I mean, one of them has like a flat top, uh, like one has a crew cut, and the other one has a flat top that like would rock Guile's world. 
It just looks like a push broom, though, because it's red. <laughs> it's just perfectly straight, like the top of a Spartan helmet. Oh, my God, the California raisins. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> Holy smokes is right. I just remember the creepy old dude who'd watch them walk away from their California raisin box. <laughs> like, man, just living, just picturing his life, just watching his raisins. <laughs> I've got dementia. <laughs> They're singing to me. They're singing Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Look at this. Look at them. The California raisins are so talented. And people, are, maybe people out there are like, were they questionable? Here, I have submit exhibit A. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> like, I am fully, I am 100% fully aware of how racist the California raisins were. You it doesn't need reinforcement, but if there were any doubt in your mind. Like, just, yeah, y'all listening, you don't believe me. They had a bunch of toys and a bunch of stuff. Just look it up. Just look it up. Just look it up. <laughs> just look it up. Look it up. Look, the sun made lady, she's fine. She's a little bonnet. That's cool. But the other ones, racist. Yeah. <laughs> um uh and if you are if you're like uh just thirsting for that uh that whole thing, you can get a vintage shirt from nineteen eighty seven. It's used, it is a it is authentically from nineteen eighty seven. Now John, how much do you guess you would have to pay for this? This is on a legitimate site. I guess. I don't know. It's called Poshmark. I don't know if that's legitimate or not. Okay. I mean, is Mark spelled M-A-R-K or other? Uh, M-A-R-K. Okay. So then, you know, at least they're there. Um, sure. Legitimate Vintage. Uh, what size? Oh, I don't know. And I don't. Oh, here it is. Large. Oh, that's a that's a hot size. Um. Okay, California Raisins, 1987, That's vintage right. shirt, large. Authentic vintage shirt from the time period. $7.50. <laughs> You're a little bit off. It is $150. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard it through the grapevine. That seller can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I, uh... I feel like I feel like anyone who buys that should be maybe put on a list. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of ones like the Poshmark California raisin vintage shirt moved. Uh, All right, we gotta. <laughs> there's a phone at the White House. <laughs> I mean, you remember these motherfuckers had a cartoon, a cartoon. Yes. No. I, I like I said, a, an entire clay animated mock documentary. This is. They were this huge. Is a, they were huge, dancing. Racist raisins were <laughs> huge. That's right. <coughs> Trying to get everybody to eat them raisins. Ugh. Yeah. Oh God. Mm -mm. Well, he's uh he's gone. Uh, the, the California raisins are gone, just like the Noid, just like Joe Camel. 
just like uh, Spuds McKenzie. Oh, I would. <laughs> Any words for him? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming. What can we say about these things, mascots, whatever you want to call them that hasn't already been said? Fuck you, and may you burn in hell. <laughs> Looking at you, the Noid at California Races. <laughs> anyway, who wants well, to hit the strip club? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said, well said. I could have said it much better myself. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. But, uh, like I said, here's to you, George Burns. <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 it's like, uh, I don't know, what better way to honor somebody who... It's, been, it's like, you know, we just did a show about one of the most influential and awesome comic book artists of all time passing, and it really hit us like a ton of bricks. And then, literally, now, we've also lost... George Perez, who I think the, the the thing about George Perez that I always loved was that he was a comic book fan that became a comic book creator. Yep. And he remained a fan throughout his entire career. He, he was there, always encouraging not just the, the artists of the times or uplifting them, but also, you know, the future artists. Like, I mean, you could literally see his influence in, like, comics or, like, just fan art to this day. He, he, I, I can't tell you, like, you know, when I sent you the news, this literally broke me. Neil, Neil Adams, like, was sad because that was someone who... Like, you know, I grew up and I got to see his work and I just really appreciated what he did for the industry and how he fought for him. But, like, George Perez felt like a friend. And th that broke me because of just, like, how, uh, you know, relatively young he was and just, like, how much talent and all that he's done for comics. Like, it, it literally broke me. Like Saturday was a Saturday was a tough day. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing that he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which I believe mm -hmm. is uh, what um, uh, he finally, unfortunately, succumbed to. Um, and uh, that was such sad news at the time, but. I just didn't expect it to happen so soon. And I don't know why. I mean, that's a terrible, it's a, it's a terrible disease. And I don't really know anything about the timeline, but I just, it was such a shock. Well, I mean, you know, if like those in the know who kind of been paying, you know, attention to the last few years, understand that, you know, he had a bunch of different health scares as well. You know, he's had a heart attack. He's, you know, dealt with diabetes. He's dealt with so many things. His eyesight was going. I think at this point he was, like, legally blind. Oh, um, 
so you know he went on a kind of a fail where of farewell tour in uh 2019 because he's just like my eyesight's going and I, I can't draw as fast as like the comic book companies would like me to draw you know like for him now he would need to put it on a giant screen and like zoom in to be able to draw the lines but it would take him months just to do something and so he just went on this kind of like whirlwind tour of just kind of saying goodbye to his fans in a in a professional sense you know i that's why i went out to vegas was to meet him and i don't you know like for sure i have other comic creators like uh autographs and stuff for sure you know jim lee todd mcfarland even rob liefeld don't hold it against me um hey i mean or, you created some of those characters that uh have become icons so you know. yeah i mean look like you can't you you give them a lot of shit but you know cable and deadpool are you know they they seem to be doing all right for marvel or by marvel anyway um but you know, like if they were at the show, that's when I would bring it. But one of the things I've always wanted to do was to meet George Perez. I just, I've always loved his art. You know, the Teen Titans are one of my favorite, like super groups. Um, like uh, probably not a lot of people know this cause everyone knows I love Batman, but I love Robin like and Nightwing. And like mm -hmm. Dick Grayson and like Tim Drake, like Robin as a character. So they have Teen Titan. I love Cyborg, you know, Raven, Starfire, like, sure. like all of them, like the, the Teen Titans that he, him and like, you know, uh, Marv Wolfman brought into the world. I just like some of my favorite characters and it was just being able to kind of see you know, shit, Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. Right? I have a little shrine to Deathstroke. And that's George Perez and that, that just that art. So I, I had to at least go say thank you. You know, like I've, like I did even with, you know, Neil Adams. I had to go do that. So I remember I went to Las Vegas where that was the last signing he was going to do on the West Coast. And it was like in three weeks and, or, you know, maybe a little more than three weeks, but not a lot. But I was like, okay, I'm going. I bought a plane ticket. I got a hotel room and I bought the, the dinner with George type of super fan package. Something I would, I could tell you, I would normally never do. Like I would geek out or I'd be like, uh, you know, I wish I could have done that, but eh, whatever. But for him, I was just like, I have, to, I have to, I, I need to go do that. And you, you know, that definitely cost a few shekels, but it was definitely completely like worth it. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds, it, you have that amazing picture with him. It looked incredible. I mean, I, that's the thing. I have pictures at the dinner too, that I've never shared with anyone because it was just, this was just for me. 
Like, damn it, just for me. Yeah. Well, at least that you at least you still have them. Yeah. Oh you'll yeah. Always, yeah. You'll always have that memory, and that's uh, and you know that is worth something. But he was a real special guy. Uh, and not only was he known so well for doing stuff like the uh, Teen Titans, but also some of the the comics that are. I mean, if you don't even know anything about the comics and you've seen any Marvel movies. Have you seen Infinity War? Like that is based, at least in part, on uh, the Infinity Gauntlet uh, mega series, uh, which was at least partially drawn by George Perez. Huge yeah. event book. He was the considered the master of team ups, and not only that, over at DC, Crisis on Infinite Earths was also pen- penciled by him. Two of the, the most uh, well-thought-of and monumental team-up books of all time. I, I mean, easily some of the most iconic covers of all time. Like uh, Superman holding, you know, at the time, dead Supergirl in her arms. That, you know, that is everywhere. That is one of the most iconic. That is easily in the top ten of comic book covers of all time like not even i don't think anyone would be willing to argue that and if they would i'd be like you dumb (laughs) like say what you say what you will like this whole event was for them to make their universe smaller more concise but you know dc had so many characters that it would take an artist like george perez who just drawed with such a level of detail and could just fill a page with so many different heroes and villains and everything, but you would know exactly who they were precisely. Like sometimes you look at a comic book, you're like, who's that supposed to be in the background? It just looks (laughs) like, you know, like a toothpick with a cape. No, he would never do that. Like even, even his team up with the, or, you know, when it was the JLA versus the Avengers, right? A huge, Huge book that, you know, fortunately, you know, while he was sick, uh, Marvel and DC came to an agreement to allow them to reprint, you know, copies of it for people because they haven't put it out in years. You just can't get that shit in a trade paperback. Like, you have to get the individual issues if you wanted to read it. At this point, those covers, like, he he's literally he's tackled so many super teams but so precisely done so awesome like i mean the the panel of batman versus captain america yeah super cool super cool like holy shit the 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 one where it's superman holding you know mjolnir and captain america's shield Right, just getting ready to like the throw down. You're like, oh my god, he is worthy of both of those things. <laughs> yeah. And he's the only one to be able to bring it. Like, god damn. Yeah, seriously. And he was always so happy to do these team up books. And at the time, and you might not think about this, but at the time, team up books were always shunned by other artists. These were things that people had to be assigned that they didn't weren't like champing at the bit to get a chance uh 
to participate in. Same thing you did with uh, Wonder Woman when that book oh was uh, <clears throat> when that book was like really kind of on the ropes. He came in uh, with what Marv Wolfman, uh-huh. and they uh, they they like rebooted it and did an entire run on it, and it was like revi- completely revitalized the the book, and like it- they're literally like, oh, you know, no one wants to take this book, no one wants to work on it. And there's George Price. He's like, oh, I've got a great idea. And guess what? It's not going to be super overly sexualized. It, it, dude, it's, it's, it's literally one of my favorite runs. Like, you can go out now and buy the omnibuses of it, and they're totally worth it. When I think of Wonder Woman, that's the first one I go to, is that, you know, his cover, you know, number one right there just like yeah he could take something that a lot of people were just like yeah and just you know just make gold out of it and marv wolfman was you know a great like compliment to that in terms of their just ability to the co-create and work with each other but yeah like he saw the essence of what the character was and he'd bring it out even his justice league run was great Like, you just go, like, he should be, you know, you see T-Titans and you go, okay, he can do Justice League. And then they gave it to him. And you're like, holy shit, this this is pretty dope. Um, You know, just trying to see all these characters in such fine detail and telling these, you know, really cool stories and stuff. Absolutely. Well, gone too soon for truly uh, and for real. Uh, again, I drink to you, George Perez. You were a uh, an ardent feminist. Brought a lot of uh, women into the into the uh, comic book world that probably otherwise wouldn't have been given a chance. And uh, you were uh, and uh, very important in the Puerto Rican community as well. So, like. Can I leave with this one story? Please do. I'll just leave with it. So when I went and did the, you know, the dinner thing, um, you know, like the first day I went to go get my book signed, um, I have, you know, uh, my friend Jeff, you know, realized that like, you know, I'm not a single issue kind of buying guy really, or like old back catalog buying dude. Not really. Um, Got me like some of the seminal works because he knew how much I love George Perez. And so he got me Wonder Woman number one. He got me um, his very first work, which was two panels of a spoof for Deathlock. He got me the Crisis of Infinite Earth uh, Superman poster, like the Superman one. Um, I had uh, Deathstroke's first appearance. And so I took those to get signed. Just for me, went to go get it. So I went to go do it, and he's very nice. And you know, I, you know, like my big thing is like because of you, I have the career I have now. And he was like, "Oh, that's great, whatever, whatever." You know, very nice, nice to everyone. Long lines, and just knowing that you know him having issues seeing us, whatever. But he was first like, "Hey, would you want to take a picture?" So that's where I took the picture with. So then, fast forward, it's dinner night. We're all going to go to a Thai food restaurant. 
We're all weirdly standing outside of this Thai food place, kind of waiting for him to show up. And he does. And he's got these fabulous shirts on and stuff that his wife sewed for him. He's in there and he's holding court and everyone's attention and answering questions that people had him and stuff. And it was really cool. And he's just like, before, if you are here tomorrow, I want you to please come by because they were like taking him out of there. They're like, okay, we gotta get George out of here and stuff like that. He's not feeling too good. And he just was just like, if you're here tomorrow, please, please, please come by the booth because I want to give you a hug. Just please come by. And I said, okay, whatever. That's really nice, but you know, obviously, but I said, look, I'm here. I'm going to go to, I was going to the convention the final day. So I went over, bypassed the line because he told you that. He's like, bypass the line, do that. And he gave me the biggest hug in the world and thanked me for going. What a sweetheart. I mean, he didn't need the duty of that. He could just flick the cigarette at my forehead and said, later, kid. And then get in his, you know, not so fancy Uber and drive off. But no, instead he took the time to thank everyone and you could see how genuine he was and how loved he was and like, and how in love he was with the art and the art form. And you know, that is, I guess, truly what I'm going to miss here is just like having a, a that level of support and care in the world is stuff that I feel like we need more of. And having one less champion there, hopefully we'll have other people step up and fill in that cause. But, you know, I'll definitely miss that about him, just knowing that that's not in the universe anymore, so to speak. But Very well said. He will be missed. Thomas said, like, uh, for me, it was a fantasy that got me out of the, uh, uh, the South Bronx. I've lived in a very violent neighborhood, you know, it kept me out of being in gangs and everything else, but it also made me the outsider. Um, and one of the things about creating stories with these characters, they're all outsiders. And despite anything, you had a, hey, you had a man whose entire planet was destroyed, who came to this planet, and with the power to become man's conqueror, he became man's servant. He was a hero. And the idea of heroism and doing good for the sake of being good enchanted me. I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to create stories about heroism, that heroes shouldn't be defined by being the last man standing in a fight. It's because they took the moral high ground. They won because they were good. I remember one thing that used to bother me as I was growing up, when they, the way they described uh, Superman, particularly when Batman's darker nature was being brought back into the comics. Uh, Superman's an overgrown Boy Scout. Suddenly, when did being a Boy Scout become a derogative, a pejorative comment? You know, they're out to do good deeds on, on, and, uh, as the idealism of, of Boy Scout. So when is that becoming an insult? How jaded are we becoming as a society when if a person is doing good just for the sake of being good, we wonder, what is he really after? And I think we need more heroes. We need more people who aren't, don't need to be rewarded for being good, but being good, as they say, for goodness sake. Truly. Um, you know, so speaking of comics, uh, I saw Doctor Strange, and no spoilies, don't worry. 
I'm not going to talk about it. But I saw Doctor Strange over the weekend. And uh, so I, I was uh, going there with uh, my wife. And uh, I decided, well, let's make a little date out of it. So uh, we get... Uh, I was going to say reservations, but that's, that'd be, that's just unbelievable. We go to Applebee's. Oh, nice. <laughs> at 11, 11, like 40 in the a.m. Uh, a, little, and a little early for Applebee's. It, they have some pretty powerful mudslides, you know. Indeed, a little early for Applebee's, and that is that is uh, punctuated by the fact that there are maybe five people in the entire establishment. And it is very quiet, <laughs> uh, aside from the terrible music that's playing. But... Um, so, because we have a we have a movie at like twelve forty five, so we want just wanted to get a little bit of an early lunch and maybe some drinks before going to see Doctor Strange. Uh, so they sit us right next to a an older gentleman, and he mm-hmm. is there by himself. And uh, I'm just gonna guess that this is kind of a routine that he does Saturday mornings. Comes gets an early lunch at Applebee's. Uh, so we're sitting there. Uh, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say enjoying, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, taking in the ambiance. And, uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a Sam Adams, uh, seasonal beer, which was very bad. And, uh, well, you should have known once you started at Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like their, I like their Boston lager, but whatever. Uh, I didn't read far enough. I didn't realize it was a rotating seasonal thing. Thought it was just the Boston Lager. I was very disappointed when it showed up. Also, the glass was kind of dirty, which was kind of gross. But uh, so we're sitting there, and uh, I hear a sound—a yep. sound like that sort of sounds like you got a really old phone and it's vibrating on a wooden table. And so oh. I say, "That's weird." And so my wife and I are sitting there. We're just chatting it up. Well, we're you know getting halfway through our drinks, and then. From the table behind us, the loudest, longest fart you have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And my wife and I lock eyes, and what happens next is a full minute and a half of just trying not to burst out laughing. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're in those vinyl seats, you know, even if you move around, that's going to be echoing across the room. With a sound that sort of sounds like a fart, no, but this was a, this was a amplified, long fart from the gentleman <laughs> behind us. So, so let me get this straight. You're at Applebee's, sub noon. Yep. You're sat behind a, an older gentleman who, you know, that's probably his table, probably with a pretty sure. good view of the TV or something. You start to hear a vibrating sound, like it's an old cell phone. I thought that it was a vibrating sound, but clearly that was the precursor fart. Because, you know, part of my mind was like, surely it can't, surely this this older gentleman can't just be ripping bare-ass farts <laughs> onto, the, onto the vinyl in the middle of a restaurant that is more silent than you've ever heard at Applebee's uh, in your entire life. Surely that's not happening. I get it when, you know, at a certain age, I'm sure you don't care anymore. Like, you know, whatever. 
uh, you gotta, you know, better out than in, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so at first I was like, okay, it has to be something else. Somebody's phone vibrating, it's something else. And, but of course, the second time, that's all the confirmation you need because it was longer and louder and clearly a fart. <laughs> <laughs> louder, longer, clearly a fart. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, he's not. He didn't say anything. It's just like, hey, hey. it just happened. But I mean, like, and I didn't want to be, we both didn't want to be rude and just start laughing. <laughs> but it was the funniest stuff ever. And it was like, okay, this is exactly what happens at an Applebee's. I was like, Forrest, what did you expect? Did you expect not to get farted on when you went to the Applebee's? <laughs> well, kind of, That's right? A, like, that is on you, sir. Like, you, you would think they'd give you some space. Maybe they knew about him. You know, they're just like, yeah, that's Roy. You know, you kind of like to let him go. Let's uh, let's keep him a couple feet away from him. No! Instead of, he was right. I hit the back of his head was practically touching the back of my head. Damn. <laughs> damn. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. He did like, go totally silent and then run to the bathroom afterwards. Oh, he shit himself then. That may have happened. Although I think so, I, I feel like that would have really tainted, no pun intended, the, the dining experience afterwards. Because we had to, well, we had still had to muster up the courage to eat those chicken strips and fries. Yeah, now let me, okay, I have one follow-up question. Sure. So when he ran off to the bathroom or whatever, did you hail over the, you know, the wait person and say i'll have what he's having <laughs> no no and then i'm sure she would have been like what the sizzling steak platter and i know i'm like no because he was farting never mind <laughs> no no way that was sizzling steak that's too close to real food did he have the wonton tacos do you still make those <laughs> and can i have some I want to have those. I want to have the thousand-year-old egg. I want to... But it's unintentionally a thousand days old, at least. I'm about to go see Doctor Strange, and I want a full, like, three seats around me to be empty. Give me those yeah. wonton tacos. Yeah, I need, I need to... You know, I need them Applebee squirts. I need to clear I'm, a whole row. I'm bringing this yeah. guy with me. Come with me, old man. <laughs> yeah. Just need you sit, uh, sitting. Uh, I don't know. Would you want him sitting behind you, no, or no. in front of you in the theater? I would. After this, I don't want him sitting anywhere near me. Well, sure. Now, I mean, when you're going like, damn. But like, if you if you had to choose a seating position for him in the theater, where does he go? Uh, he goes wherever closest to the air conditioning vents. <laughs> we need to dissipate that cloud. I mean, you know, they normally turn those off. No! <laughs> I mean, you're getting stagnant Applebee's. That's what I'm saying. And I already had that in Applebee's. <laughs> I mean, look. I guess was... I'll have another terrible Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The off-season Sam Adams beer. Like, horrible season. Do I want to drink this? <laughs> I mean, I did have a love affair. Uh, my wife and I uh, had a love affair with Applebee's, like in 2010. 
where we had to get kind of knocked out of it because we were going there way too often. <laughs> it was just because it was just like it was close to where we were living at the time, and we were like, you know what? The ambiance pretty good, food pretty good, you know, like. Uh, I've never really had like chicken fried chicken before, but it's pretty good. And you know, like we were going there, we were taking other people like, Hey, have you been to an Applebee's before? They have quality food and TVs. We should go. And then once we took a friend of mine, he was just like looking at us like, okay, y'all need to stop coming here. (laughs) (laughs) The waiter knows you. Did he just say the usual? Oh no. Um, I mean, there is a waiter at Sizzlers that used to know my wife and I too. So. Oh yes, we know. I think we. Right? I think that was told on the podcast. Well, I mean, I'm not ashamed of that one. You get a reserved table at a Sizzler. Hey. Uh, shrimp that I didn't even order didn't even come with my meal, but it would come because that's like the quality, you know, of the service. Dude was amazing. I don't care if it is a that terrible Wendy's that used to be on Market Street. If you go in somewhere that like enough where people know you're like know you and give you little, like little perks and know what you want, that's that is serious high roller business. That's what so I'm saying. I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to judge. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think I'm not necessarily knocking on all Applebee's. But what I am saying is that it definitely feels like Applebee's had it had a time. There was like a prime Applebee's time. I think it's kind of like for all these uh, chain restaurants. There's like in like the I want to say like around 2008, like the there that was the prime because that's like you know remember Chevy's Chevy's used to be okay and then it got really bad and then it went away forever. Well. Uh, uh, uh. Just gone. Record Chevy's was never good, but like you would just go there and be like, mm, "Do they got that little uh, tamale compote? Do you, can you that you can stick that little uh, cactus chip into?" Oh, I love that sweet corn mash. That was so good. <laughs> I want some. Of, I used to just get the the pound and a pint, which was like a pint of salsa and a pound of chips. And you just give that to go. Oh my god, I I can't I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it. Have I? Yeah, I can't do it. Like if you were to say, "Hey, John, I got you a Chevy's gift card," I'd have to send it right back. Uh, I've had such a. Well, yeah, dude. They don't exist. <laughs> they well, no, that's a, not true. There's gift card. You'd be like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> no, they do. There's literally one, not. 10 minutes away from me. It's like the last one in existence, but Chevy still exists. <laughs> and I'm like, no, thank you. Know. Does it, have you been near, the, like near this location? I just recently? drove by it and people were in it <laughs> oh, and it no. still said Chevy's. It wasn't like a Chevy's that got converted to something good. No, it was a fucking Chevy's. People now, are were holding did, up their red cactus corn chip in success. Yeah, it's impossible. I don't believe it. There's no uh, way it, it could it, still be around. It, got, it exists. It yes. went from wherever it was originally to really. I remember the last time I ate there, I was just like, ten what? minutes away from my house. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> that's where it is. Once you're feeling better, I think we. Des- no, uh, the audience deserves a checkup on the last Chevys. 
No, no, I can't. No, we we had a messy divorce in two thousand three, and I'll never go back. <laughs> Was it that one on the water in Emeryville? I always said the the be- most beautiful view. I mean, it's that that was a gorgeous view for a restaurant that did not deserve that view. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> it certainly was like a, it, it owed that view to somewhere a lot better. But uh, hey, I'm just saying, like, it still exists. It was founded in Alameda, so it makes a lot of sense that you know you would keep one relatively close to where I live. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a certain type of sense. Yeah. South San Francisco still exists. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I swear I saw people being miserable in the window. It's right next to the grocery outlet. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> the gro- like I- They're right next to the gross out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> When you're, yeah, on, seen all their food. when you're on your way to check out the Hyundai Daily City, stop by Chevy's, the proud sponsor of the Hyundai Daily City. Uh, with a Hyundai Daily City, you get a special shaped center console that has an extra large cup holder just for their salsa. And of course, you can pour their chips into this cubby under your armrest where it's got a special airtight chip container to keep your pound and a pint of salsa fresh all day long. (laughs) Sunday Daily City now with a Chevy's drink. (laughs) (laughs) That way you can lock it up so your roommate in the back can't get at it. (laughs) He's always trying to, I mean me, I'm always trying to scramble about and figure out the, the secrets of your lock. But of course... The geniuses at Hyundai make it impossible. You can't get into the center console to get those delicious chips. And even if you wanted to scoop the the salsa out handfuls at a time, like some sort of uh, paleolithic man, it would be impossible (laughs) because of the patented salsa guard that Hyundai engineers have come up with. It'll cramp your fingers before you're able to get an adequate scoop of salsa into your palm. (laughs) Just when you got your claw-shaped dirty hand halfway into the salsa. The the serrated edge of the salsa protection lid shoots across with such force that surely your your fingers will be severed and join the... the The salsa below. (laughs) The reddish mass of the salsa. This, the, the scientists at Hyundai, insisted by the scientists at Chevy's, have assured us that the sterilization process that then occurs makes these fingers delicious and good to eat. We're safe for human consumption. Just don't chip your tooth on the bone, Hyundai Daily City. <laughs> you sure you don't have COVID? You sound delirious. <laughs> I was having fun with that a little, uh, just imagining what, <laughs> what a partnership between these two great establishments would be. I like, I mean, I like it. You know what? When I start to feel better and I want to feel worse again, 
I'm gonna go check out Chevy's. It's been almost 20 years at this point. You gotta give you I mean, yeah, you gotta go back and gotta report back. Let's I mean this you're like you're like a food archaeologist. I gotta know what's going on with the Chevys. That'll be my first plane ride. I'm coming down there when you decide you want to go. Give me a give me a call. Fly down to San Francisco, stay a night, we'll get Chevys, and then I'll, I'll of course have to stay a week. Because yeah, you, you. <laughs> I will not be allowed back on the plane. Even the guy from uh, Applebee's is going to be sitting in front of me. He will be like, I fart, but this guy's insane. Get him out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Can't you smell it? It's crawled through his shoes. <laughs> now, give me my sizzling steak. I need uh, I need the beef, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I need to, I need to make some space. <laughs> Got all this air inside of me. It just needs to go somewhere. <laughs> You know, speaking of uh, terrible Mexican food, there is mm. uh, there is a chain that is exclusive, I think, to the northern part of the United States, maybe Canada, and maybe only on the the northwestern part. But it is called Taco Time, and okay. uh, and I would say it's like Taco Time. I haven't had it, so I can't speak to the quality of the food. But judging by the pictures online, it looks like somebody read about Del Taco. And was like, hmm, let's do that. <laughs> and then they were like, what is Mexican food? And then <laughs> maybe they don't have the internet uh, or a library card. So maybe they have to like call someone they know and have that described to, that, to them. And then they're like, okay, I think I get it. I don't need any more uh, instruction. And then out comes Taco Time. Here's the thing about Taco Time yep. that is the best. Is that the logo is a black rectangle with just the most boring font ever that says Taco Time on it? That's it. That's uh, that's uh, interesting, <coughs> and it sounds very hip. But how do you think it's like a Del Taco then? Because well, at least Del Taco has like you know pizzazz in their logo. Well, sure, yeah. So I guess now I looked it up, and I guess the official Taco Time logo is different. the The old one is is sort of has more of a, I would say, like Arizona flair to it. Um, but this is I'll show you the one that I that I see in the in the one near me, and um, and yeah, it's a it's real fun. It's uh. Real boring, and also it just has what I assume is a rendition of a cactus on it. But it also could be a broken trident that's poorly drawn. I'm not sure. Or a chicken's foot. Yep. That ran over. It does kind of look like a green zombie chicken foot. Yeah, it's not great. And then what looks like Helvetica next to it that just says taco time. And uh, so the reason I say that it's like Del Taco is they serve, their sides are, are, instead of the Del Taco fries, the sides at Taco Time are uh, their uh, tater tots. So there's the big difference right there. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think we should get in the whole fries tots debate, but that's a, that's a pretty smart win. That's a pretty smart win. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, uh, they have uh, tater tots have their merits. I'm not saying they're necessarily worse or better than fries, but it's the kind of thing where it's like they heard about Del Taco. And they're like, I got how do we separate ourselves? Ah. But then they were like, how is a taco made? 
And someone's like, well, it's got lettuce, cheese, and meat in a, a taco thing. This is, of course, someone who doesn't know what a taco is, remember. Yeah, um, of course, of course. I'm following. And, and tomato, of course, sometimes. And they're like, tomato, you say? Well, surely what you mean is a, just a, a single slice of a tomato. Like you would put on a hamburger, but shove sort of awkwardly into the, the top of the taco. Damn. Yeah, for the folks at home, he just sent me a picture of the Taco Time number two, I guess, or something like that, which is two hard shell tacos that literally look like you would make those at home. Yeah, Uh, and also take a look at the actual taco itself. These are clearly the three stock photos of different, like lettuce, cheese, and meat that somebody has just sort of photoshopped into a taco, or at least that's what it looks like. It's like... Or at the very least, it's the same picture of one taco that's duplicated. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's only one taco. <laughs> yeah, so they're literally like, listen, we can't get a good shot of two tacos. There's not two good-looking tacos in the bunch. Just take one and dupe it. No one will ever know. I, I mean, dude, this is the saddest meal I've ever seen. No wonder they haven't even tried to come, like, in California. No, I mean, come on. They would be left out of California so fast. People around here don't even like it. Do you understand? People around here don't even like it. You need to now, you want to talk about investigative reporting. You need to go to a taco time and, like, try their whole menu. Okay, well, I mean, there's there's no way I'm doing that. Well, I mean, look, you should see if they have... At least uh appetizer of some sort and or uh, a dessert. I will go there and I'll get the hits. I'll get a couple of good ones and we'll do a live tasting on the show. How about that? We're going to do a live tasting on the show for taco time. Three stars on Yelp. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. I'm for it. I want to see that. Oh boy, what have I signed myself up for? Oh man. Um yeah, they have something called the crisp burritos. Now I'm not <laughs> I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure it's a real food, but it does sound like a food a burrito that you may have left out for too long. But there you go, crisp burritos. And then under the taco category, they have what look like several more burritos. So I don't know what this is. <laughs> what's what here (laughs) are you sure they're just not like soft tacos that someone didn't understand that they were soft tacos uh it looks like they it looks like they wrap their soft tacos like a burrito um so i don't know what they're i don't know what the kind of game they're playing at here and frankly i'm a little bit uh a little bit uh wary but um yeah, yeah, they got, uh, oh, you know, they got that that classic, uh, that Mexican food classic, chicken BLT burrito. Oh, well, yeah, I get that all the time. You can't go. <laughs> it's so authentic. Jesus. That sounds like uh, Pacific North West problem. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, here and hear about this. How about the chicken ranchero? Mm, ranchero, oh, okay. that sounds that sounds vaguely uh, authentic. Let's see what do we got here? A homestyle tortilla, mm, homestyle, okay. mm, doubt it. Stuffed with seasoned rice, all white, crispy strips, shredded cabbage, shredded cabbage, 
uh, a shredded cabbage blend, cheddar cheese, and homemade salsa fresca and ranch dressing. It's like somebody was described a Baja-style fish taco, and they were like, I got it. No need to explain more. Hold my beer. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, boy. I'm, I'm upset. Yeah. Yeah, and they the, these crisp burritos do look like, the picture does look like, uh, a cross section of a small intestine. So that's fun. <laughs> oh boy, taco time. I can't believe I signed up for this. Taco time. It's going to be uh, the dark night of the taco soul for me, I think. Hey, man. Sometimes you just, you know, like you're, you're not the stomach we deserve, but the stomach we got to try this shit. And that's going to be <laughs> you, right? Why does he run? He has to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that um, does look like somebody deep fried an intestine. Yeah. And like the leftover food is just kind of poking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, so that'll be fun. I'll have to tell you all about And if you're out there and you love Taco Time, more power to you. There's a lot of, you know, whatever. Maybe it's great. Maybe I'll try it and I'll just be like, I was totally wrong. This I love the fact that they just put a whole half of a tomato <laughs> stuffed it in the top of this taco shell. And white crispy strips. Whatever oh, yeah. those are. I can't wait for those all white crispy strips. <laughs> Here. If you somehow listen to this and you've never hopped in our Discord, which you can do, just follow the Pico link, or tweeted at us or write written an email or whatever, but you've been to Taco Time. Uh, message us and then message what uh, four should try at taco time to convince them otherwise there i'll put that i'll put that out there we'll see what we get back probably nothing but it'll be worth a try because maybe people who like taco time don't admit they like taco time um but i'll be interested in see what comes back because from crisp pinto bean to crisp meat to crisp chicken <laughs> these crisperinos sound pretty banging <laughs> yep. i mean they are describing what is charitably a chimichanga or a flauta and they're like no it's a taco time original we called it a crisp burrito we take a flour tortilla we roll it up put some meat and fillings inside and then we deep fry it and someone's like like a flauta no a crisp burrito uh, Don't ever say flauta around me again. <laughs> they, they've got too much flavor. I mean, no, ours are much better. I promise you. This, <laughs> I mean, one of them literally just looks like it's got green mess in it for no reason. Oh, yeah, oh, no. Mild green chilies. There you why. go. It's also got cream cheese in there. So, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh. You all love our crisp burritos. And don't ever say flauta. Never say it around Cornelius Taco Time. Uh, that Cornelius Taco Time uh, voice actually hurt my throat to do. Um, just like eating this Taco Time will probably do. And then hurt something else later, if you know what I mean. I don't mean to be crass, but I'm talking about my ass. <laughs> 
right, that's it. We're done. Uh, yep, I think that does this for today. <laughs> We're done. Perfect. Yeah, there's Perfect. a lot of crazy stuff out in the world, and I hope that uh, we brought you a little moment of chill today. Uh, and uh, again, uh, you know, we dedicate this episode to George Perez, uh, an, an incredible talent, truly, and way does not deserve this episode. <laughs> Surely deserved of something greater. I mean, what? Uh, I don't know, I'd take that back. Maybe we could just snip out all the stuff that I said and then it'll be a very touching tribute to one of the, the best comic book artists of all time. But there you go. Hey, when, when the world gives you shit and we've been getting constant bouts of it left and right and looking for the wins or just looking for a bit of escapism. This is what this is. That's what comic books does for you. Might take you out of the world, might, you know, grow and foster your imagination. So no matter how zany or crazy we get or whatever, it doesn't mean we don't respect the man any less. And I, you know, though I've only met him the one time, I don't think he'd expect us to be anything less than who we are. So Taco time. <laughs> You're on notice. <laughs> You're on notice. But yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm so sick I can barely edit this stuff, so it'll be good. <laughs> it's it's almost going to be as is. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah. I love it. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. Another episode uh, hot off the presses. Straight to you, the fans. And, of course, we're going to uh, roll on into acknowledgments. After we've eaten so much taco time, we can barely move. Let's roll on onto these acknowledgments. And, of course, we're going to start with Burton M6. Thank you so much for our incredible theme song. If you would like to check him out, check our show notes. You'll find links to everything in there, including our socials. As John mentioned before, you can join the Discord, which is the funnest and coolest and most immediate way to join the discussion. And of course, there is Instagram and Twitter at the Pop Saga. And we have email too. And you can send that email to popsaga at gmail.com. Thank you very much, superfan Chad for writing that out after I complained last time that I'm always saying at too many times. He wrote out the exact, in our Discord, which I mentioned before, he wrote out uh, the perfect way to say it without saying at twice. And uh, I tweeted a little bit, but thank you so much to Chad for uh, giving me something that I can really use every episode. And I am going to have to actually go into the Discord window and reference it every time because I will surely forget. I mean, you could copy it over and put it in your notes. Liar! <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can also go to our merch store, where there's some lots of fun t-shirts, stickers, and all sorts of stuff that you can uh, purchase. And every cent that you uh, that you might spend on that will go into the back into the production of this show. So as what we like as what we like to say, yes, of course, as the great Bard himself once said, as we what like to say, at the end of every show, uh, we hope that wherever you are, 
however you choose to listen to us, that you're feeling happy and that you're feeling healthy. And we'll be back at you next week with a brand new episode. Remember, folks, I heard it through the grapevine that taco time is divine. Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty live. Shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we gotcha. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop saga.